welcome to episode 82 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss X-Men number 10, Empire Savage Avengers, Empire Captain America, Empire number 3, and Captain Marvel number 18. Suddenly, we go from zero comics to a ton of comics. To all of the comics. And it's amazing. (laughs) It's an embarrassment of riches. It is. Nothing for months. And then last week and this week, it's just been awesome. I'm so glad to have comics to read again. Yeah, you can tell that Marvel are playing catch up now because we're getting all of the Empire books weekly at this point now. So, yep. which I'm not and complaining because it has been a really great event so far. It, it um, has. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Al Ewing is uh, firing on all cylinders here. The kind of the guys doing all the tie-ins and, and that are actually doing a huge, you know, incredibly good job as well. Mm-hmm. Even for the books that are not even that closely connected, I just like how they've involved it somehow, um, particularly on X-Men 10, which we'll come to in a minute. But yeah, it, it's, it's been really well thought out and it's been really well planned and I'm loving it so far. Me too. Should we start with some news before we get into the comics? We actually have Inhumans news this week. Say what? There is an Inhumans update coming to Marvel Future Fight. Which means I'm going to have to play again. I know. I I finally opened it up after months and months of abandoning it. I'm going to have to join a new uh, alliance. I've been yeah. kicked out. Yeah, same. Oh. See, I, I, I can't get into mobile games. It's just not my thing, but I really want to. It's just, uh, I don't have the dedication for it. Crystal is probably the most fun character to play in Future Fight. They all needed an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, we know that the only thing we know so far is that Black Bolt is getting his Earth X costume and a tier three upgrade, which he finally desperately needed because he could only get to level sixty before and he was just awful. I think I might need to get this game now if they get in his Earth X costume, because that is the coolest costume. It it looks pretty good. And uh let's see. Crystal and Medusa were all right in the game. Everybody else was pitiful. So they were long overdue for an update. That's really good news. Nice to get give them some uh, give them some love. Go and play yes. as your favorite humans. Check your eight week check and rewards if you play the game because it's full of six star inhumans. All my inhumans are already six stars that I have. And then you should get the extra biometrics. Sweet. So you think week two is Black Bolt, then it's Moon Girl, Ms. Marvel, Karnak, Medusa, and then Crystal. That's really cool. Uh, they're gonna make me check in every week to get Crystal. <laughs> yeah. She's the best one. He's the most she fun is. to play. She like she just blows shit up for me. Yeah, I, 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 I think I might I might need to give that game a, another go just to see what happens. Uh, is, do we have any other news? I will mention anybody who's a fan of the Marvel Crisis Protocol board game, which I have uh, just well, I got a couple of months ago, and I've just recently started painting the figures. It's a cool tabletop game from Atomic Mass Games. They're just releasing a new batch of uh, models and stuff. They're releasing the X-Men to celebrate their one year anniversary. And the models look really, really cool. Like, I'm not even kidding. They look really nice. They've got like Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, Beast, Magneto's in there and Sabretooth as well. I think that's the uh, that's six. I think there's a couple more, but I'm genuinely really excited for that. I, I missed the live stream, but I can't wait for these. If you're into that, I think they come out in the next few months. Just as a heads Keep up. your eye out. So should we move on to comics? Biggest one for me is also the first one we're going to cover, which was X-Men 10. And uh, just to kind of preface this, if you are uh, interested in the character of Vulcan, I do highly recommend going back and reading War of Kings before reading this issue. 
just because um, there's a little bit of backstory that comes from War of Kings right at the end. Black Bolt does get a mention in this, if not a little bit subtly, so which is really quite cool. And you, sh- you should also read Hickman's FF number six. Yes, that's the one it where... It has all uh, the parallels to yeah. this issue. Get on with the summary. So, so it's X-Men 10. Uh, the writer was Jonathan Hickman. Artist is Lionel Francis Yu. Colors is uh, Sunny Go. Letters are Clayton Cowles. Design is Tom Muller. I decided to dub this episode, uh, We Need to Talk About Vulcan. It was a hell of an issue. If you've been reading the X-Men up to now, there's been something a little bit weird about Vulcan since we first saw him back in the early issues of Hickman's X-Men. I think it was even issue one, I believe. The issue begins to explore kind of what went wrong or right or however you want to say it. The tie into Empire is also super loose and it's not really relevant to the, the Katati story. There's a, a flashback to when Vulcan tore a hole into the fault at the end of War of Kings, uh, where he's picked up by some cancerverse beings. They appear to experiment on him, masking his bad by encasing him in a tiny amount of good uh, that's still within him. So this kind of gives an explanation of why he's no longer a power-hungry lunatic. Uh, and it turns out that it wasn't Xavier at all. Like We were we were thinking that Xavier yeah. was fiddling with his mind, but no, it's actually the, the cancerverse people. And I, I love how he did that in, in this issue. Because it's the old trope of, oh, but, you know, there's still some good in him. And our little cancerverse buddies are like, yeah, no, we're going to take that. And we're going to give him a thin shell of good over all this awfulness, like an evil M&M. <laughs> it's like a peanut M&M. You, know, yeah. you give a peanut M&M to somebody who's allergic to peanuts, and there's all the goodness in the chocolate around it. But then there's just the heart of evil. This thin, crunchy shell of good, evil on the inside. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well because it was just kind of like there's they're not even downplaying it at this point. Like he he's gonna come back with a vengeance, but we we do kind of briefly get a glimpse of Vulcan returning to his true self. Um, you know, more akin to his War of Kings self. And I'm really here for this. I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I'm looking forward to Vulcan going full full villain again. It was nice to see Petra and Sway, even though Hickman cannot write women for shit. I think they needed a little more personality than day drinking. Yeah, day drinking and, oh, it's hot guy. <laughs> that's that's literally all there was this issue. And then they went and got Vulcan from the edge of uh, the edge of the blue area of the moon. What I did find interesting, though, in this issue was uh, was the fact that the, the Katati seemed to know, start to learn about Krakoa. And I think that that's obviously going to be a bigger part going forward. But um, there wasn't much Katati involvement in this one, other than the fact that they got blown to smithereens. You'd think they'd be a little more concerned that all this was happening in their backyard. Well, yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, and they're just like, no, there was just a guy there who was just repeating the same work over and over over again, Krakoa. But I also, what I also quite enjoyed was the the letter from Scott, because that was written out in in the epilogue. Or not in the epilogue, just before yep. the epilogue. And it was basically Scott saying, Ah, you should, you know, you should stop doing the same thing day after day. It doesn't it, it doesn't help you to become someone new. And then he goes out and does something different. <laughs> and he just turns into the same old, you know, same old, same old. I I would quite like to see Vulcan being set up as a big bad. I think they're moving that way. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know what's happening in X of uh, Ten of Swords, but uh, I, I kind of want Vulcan to be a bit more a part of that. He's got so much potential and I, I feel like they need to, I feel like Hickman's trying to get into that. I just, 
I don't understand the timeline now that goes with Vulcan because they grabbed him in the fault. They messed with him and now he's back, but it's implied that he was resurrected. So did they send him back through and then he died and got resurrected? Or are there two Vulcans? Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking because if they send him back, like his consciousness back through, it shows that the resurrection process can be messed with. Or if they killed him, then how on earth did Krakoa have a backup of him from the fault? Exactly, because the back he has to be restored from a backup. It'd be shocking if the backup could see into the Cancerverse. Yeah, because that would suggest that then the backup is looking across all versions of you know it, it could extend yeah. to all versions of reality. Um, although it isn't, a mess. The, isn't the Cancerverse more of a like a, a pocket universe as opposed to a uh, an actual alternate reality. I don't remember, but they were exploring the Cancerverse a bit in Valkyrie as well. It does have, you know, Cancerverse versions of people. So you would want people to make making copies of all the alternate reality versions. I think you'd run out of storage space eventually. Because the Cancerverse has got the Revengers in, doesn't it? Yeah. Which are just the worst, the worst people. <laughs> <laughs> Revengers Captain America is just awful. Who actually, although saying that, he turned up in, uh, I believe he turned up in Hickman's Avengers. Should we talk about how Hickman cannot write women? It's, uh, it's, he, he's great at other stuff, but not at this. And it's not because he's a guy, because there are plenty of guys who write women very well. I just don't get it. I Yeah, I don't either. I, I think every single woman he's written in this series, and I think is primarily a a more male focused book, but the women that he has written are not, are not particularly well written at all. I think it was like magic from the first few issues was just terribly written. It bugged me just because literally Sway and Petra were written as, Hey, let's have margaritas and go and see the hot guys. And it's just like, that's not how, surely that's not how women are. <laughs> no, it's an ongoing thing with Hickman. I love his writing. I love his concepts. I love his like, you know, nobody's, nobody's arguing that it's just, please try and write women better, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, but it's nice to see them nonetheless, considering that we are kind of in the process of doing a War of Kings review and uh, they were such a big part of uh, Deadly Genesis. It was nice to see them. And the Katati being there literally just because uh, I felt like they didn't add anything at all. I think it was just that one frame at the end where they're just like, Krakoa, Krakoa. You could you could replace them with bad guy humans, the different aliens, and it would just be exactly the same thing. They need to get to Krakoa already. Yeah. It, it, they've been dragging it out. I want to know what happens between Krakoa and the Kotati. And the thing is, they can do it in two books now because you've got the Empire X Men yeah. book and you've just got the normal X Men book. Yeah. You know, which one will it happen in first, you reckon? Hopefully the Empire one. I, I, I think it'd be more likely to be the Empire one. I yeah. think the X Men, um, I think it's 10, 11, and 12 are so called Krakoa, uh, not Krakoa, are so called Empire tie ins. So I think they're going to be more focused on Vulcan because it's just it's an incredibly loose it's an incredibly loose connection to the Katati. I, I kind of felt like it's not it's not a filler issue as such because it's continuing the story from X Men, and it's exploring the X Men characters, which I've really enjoyed so far. It's it's not relevant to the uh, relevant to the overall Empire story arc. Although a few cool bits I did like to pick out, which was the Katati have seeds that can kind of like share secrets within you, which is what set off Vulcan to basically explode that part of the Katati group. And I, I kind of wondered that because they're all psychic and they're psychic creatures, I wonder if they have like a kind of hive mind as well. 
So I wonder if that's what they're kind of going down the route of. I felt like some of these tie-ins, however loose they are, they have like a little tidbit. Yep. So and I wonder if that's the one that we've got to take from this one. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, how would you rate this one out of Lockheed's? I'd give this one 4.5 Lockheed's. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to do You're it. I'm going to do the fraction. Yeah. <laughs> Now you feel now you feel our pain, Adam. <laughs> I'm gonna give it four out of five because it. I mean, I loved it. I loved the bits with Vulcan, and I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was really good. But um, I just want to see where it's going. I want to. It, it wasn't quite perfect, but it was. It was really very good. I think uh, Petra and Sway, the the way they were written, kind of brought it down a little bit, but it was still great yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, just looking forward to X Men Eleven and. Uh, Empire X-Men 2 right, it comes soon. Shall we move on to Savage Avengers? Savage Avengers uh, Empire 1, which uh, was written by Jerry Duggan. Uh, artist was Greg Smallwood and design was Carlo- Carlos Lau. And and again, a little bit of a preface for this one. Have you ever imagined what a, like a, a, a B-list Marvel movie might consist of? Uh, think of it in your mind, and then this book is exactly that. Just this issue or the whole series? I I mean I haven't read the whole Savage Avengers series, but the the first arc was definitely like was definitely like a B list movie. So this issue is about Conan taking a break from looking from uh, Kulon Gath, who is uh, like some sorcerer from Conan classic Conan stories and that kind of stuff. Uh, and they're they're in Mexico City watching wrestling when a Katati <laughs> ship which is just a giant tree at this point, <laughs> smashes into the side of the building. And Conan uh, goes outside and he saves a street vend- uh, vendor from a Katati warrior. And this is important, guys. The The street okay. vendor he saved is important. Uh, Conan gets poisoned by the Katati and almost eaten by the Katati ship. Venom appears out of nowhere to help save the day because, of course, he's Venom. Uh, this also includes a scene where Conan learns to drive a combine harvester. <laughs> He he literally runs over the Katati warriors with a combine harvester, which is just the stupidest panel I've read in a long time. <laughs> and and Venom ends up driving a fuel truck into the Katati ship and just completely destroys it. I mean, this book was just nuts. But what about Street Vendor? Wow, wow. <laughs> the issue ends with Conan going back to the Street Vendor and getting a free meal for saving his life. And that's why it was so important. So I don't know okay. why I don't know why this book this, exists. This is this is a thing they published. <laughs> it was just I, so pointless. Is one is it one of those B movies where it's just so bad it it's good and becomes a cult classic? Yes, it is exactly that. Okay, so that means you should pick it up. <laughs> I think you re- I think you mentioned the movie um was it uh, Krull? Krull? Krull. Classic Krull. Uh, yeah. And because uh, I was reading up on it after. Oh you no! This it. is this is worse, way worse than crawl. This is Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the fact that it became a. There cult are some people who love crawl. This is. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say I didn't love it, but I loved it in the way like it was like the stupidest thing I've ever read, but I couldn't help but keep reading. <laughs> So, uh, what are the they going to do I... next? <laughs> it's... So it's like one of those train wrecks. Yeah, you just you just can't help but look. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so so bad. It's good. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, 
I mean, I, I, I think this is, I think this is probably, uh, probably a good example of that series as a whole. Um, and I, uh, I, I will unfortunately tell you guys that I have actually got this entire series from its get go to issue twelve. I think it's finished <laughs> issue twelve. And at this point, I'm just questioning my sanity <laughs> because I don't know what on earth it's meant to be about. I guess I think I'm just a purist because I like Conan in his own dimension. Yeah, I, I think I think he probably needs to go back. <laughs> what is he doing on an Avengers team? Marvel owns the rights to the character, so I guess he can go where he wants. They do. I just, I just, you know. Anyway, it's ridiculous. How many lockjaws are we giving this? Any? <laughs> I, I think I think for the, the the hilarity of it, I think I'm gonna have to give it like at most a three out of five. What about you, Lynn? Yeah, I'll go with a three. <laughs> As will I, if only because you know Conan driving a combine harvester. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and the fact that it's one of those so bad it's it's good things. So let's roll with that. I think I think a solid it's like solid evil dead five. level logic here. Let's let's move next, on. Next it's, issue, it's... chainsaw. <laughs> Could you imagine if they just do all those kind of like just tropes? Honestly, I Jerry Jerry Duggan would totally lean in on that. He would hear this and he'd go, "Let's do it." I I remember buying um, uh, Uncanny Avengers when Jerry Jerry Duggan took over. It took me. It was very difficult to get into because it was just like it was just a comedy. It wasn't like what it came before with. Uh, Rick Remender writing it, which was very kind of like much more sci-fi, and then Jerry Duggan comes in and like Deadpool's created a merch store <laughs> to be able to fund the Uncanny Avengers team. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to wait for this to come out and trade <laughs> because I can't read this right now. Wow, I I feel like he's one of those writers for me. I I will buy the stuff, but I I need to read it all in one go. Anyway, should we move on to Empire Captain America issue one? Let's do it. All right. Empire Captain America number one. The writer is Philip Kennedy Johnson. Artist, Ariel Olivetti. Color artist, Rochelle Rosenberg. Letterer, Ariana Marr. Cover by Mike Henderson and Nolan Woodward. And the graphic designer is Carlos Lau. There is a lot of fighting in this one. Captain America is leading a battle against the Katati at Fort Myer in Arlington, Virginia. And then they're off to defend the Pentagon. During the battle, a soldier named Bennett's attacked by Shekanth, the mightiest of the Kotati. And afterwards, he's not feeling so good. It, it'll, that'll be fine. It'll I'm be sure it'll be fine for fine. him. No problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> at the Pentagon, General Woodley Jerkface orders Cap to stay at the Pentagon instead of heading south to Mexico and South America, where more help is needed. <laughs> yeah, like Venom and uh, <laughs> like Venom and Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's probably what it's referencing now that I think yeah. about it. <laughs> it probably is. We've probably got this somewhere in order, uh, out of order, but oh Christ. Jeff's like, all they got is Conan and a combine harvester. Somebody's <laughs> got to go down there. <laughs> They're happening simultaneously to each other. That's all. <laughs> yeah, probably. That, that's that's. But yeah, I'll, I'll take that. So that that line of thinking is very familiar to Cap. So he and his new howling commandos decide to disobey orders and head out. Meanwhile, General Woodley is attacked by whatever she can't plant it inside Bennett. A little bit of body horror. 
And we cut to Shekant and his army in Mexico City, where he's raised a mountain that walks. Now, if only Earth had something that could possibly handle that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. If you can't tell, I'm very anxious for Krakoa to get into this. I I think that the mountain that walks just needs to be taken out by a fuel truck with venom driving it. That's, oh, there you go. That's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'll just give him a haircut with a combine harvester. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> just Captain America turns up with his new Howling Commandos, just all driving combine harvesters. Um, <laughs> Our greatest weakness is combine harvesters. All the farmers <laughs> in the U.S. are heroes. <laughs> Our greatest weapon is a flymo mower. <laughs> John Deere's stocks uh, just <laughs> increased exponentially. Oh, God. One thing that upset me about this issue is that they missed an opportunity to continue giving the Katati plant names because last time we had Rutabaga. Yeah. I loved Rutabaga. Poor Rutabaga. They could have had cilantro, rhododendron, viburnum with some expertly placed apostrophes and accent marks. If you want to make an alien name, you just put a little apostrophe in there. Oh, that, dear. Uh, that, that's, that is literally what we do. <laughs> it's great. It's, it, it's, uh, it's Starfire's fault. They, they put them in, in fantasy name generators and then mm. just go, here's a word and then tell me where you want the apostrophes and here go. And the dashes and the dashes because we've got some fun ones in Captain Marvel coming up. Yep. Oh, but hey, we had a new letterer, yes, Ariana Mar, and she did a very good job. When I saw a different name, I'm like, I might need to go back and actually look at the lettering in this one. And she does some fun sound effects. Excellent. Keep an eye on her. Everybody needs to to give you know thanks to the letterers because they do a hell of a job. Even if you're just reading their words, the fact that they're yes. there means you can read the words. Yep, there's a lot of gunfire in here in that that issue, and uh, she did a great job. And also, um, they also do like a lot of the background graphics, like graffiti and stuff. Sometimes, like I know, um, going back to Joe Caramagna, um, he said when he was doing um, Mockingbird that he would have to go and add like the little graffiti things you would see in like issue number three and stuff. He had to go back and add all of that stuff in there. So that's cool. Yeah, I I felt like this was the the second issue of this round of Empire books. Or potentially third, if you count X Men in that, that were a bit fillery for the event. Like, like, like I said earlier, X Men wasn't particularly filler to the event, but Savage Avengers and Captain America were just like, "Hey, here's a title that will sell. Let's make it connected somehow." And I think, I think they were published because they were probably already completed by the time comics started back up again. So they said, "Well, they're done. So let's just get them out there anyway." I it, it's not it wasn't an, it wasn't unenjoyable or anything like that. No. I just kind of I, I just kind of feel that it was. I, I think there's some other things that were meant to happen at the same time. Like there's a lot of mention of Wakanda and the attack on Wakanda, but uh, does, you know we we don't get to see agents of Wakanda, so we don't actually know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because if anything should have been published, it sounds like it should have been agents of Wakanda. But I guess maybe it wasn't done. But the the interesting thing in this one is is again there's like there's like tiny little subtle things that get included in this as opposed to big overarching parts of the story like in uh like in x-men you had the seed that kind of takes your secrets so so in in savage avengers the fact that the katati technically have warships and i don't know if that's been brought up in any other books book to this point but that was quite a nice little touch and then in captain america you kind of have the fact that they can poison you 
and then do that body horror thing and uh, and kind of have you infect other people. So it's almost like a you know Did they do a, that with like Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We're going to get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. But it's 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 an interesting kind of bit, and I just wonder if they're little breadcrumbs as opposed to big overarching stories. And again, I think it's it's it's, it's Al Ewing, so I think he'd much rather put uh, no Al in. Ewing yeah. deliberately puts breadcrumbs in. So I have a feeling maybe he's like, hey, put this breadcrumb here, this one here, and this one here. Yeah, and then this, the, but then the story itself is much more just focused on a story about that character so right but uh, anyway let's let's talk about empire three because i think that's the main yes the main one we want to talk yeah. about empire number three writers al ewing and dan slot the script is by al ewing the artist is valerio sheedy who also did all the character designs for the katati and the new outfit for what i'm going to call the scree they get a, a celebrity relationship name because it's just too hard for me to say Cree scroll alliance every time yeah let's go with it <laughs> the color artist is Marte Garcia letterer Joe Caramagna cover by Jim Chung and Gru EFX graphic designer is Carlos Lau and Tom Brevoort is the editor who you absolutely needed on this for his encyclopedic knowledge yes. of yeah. Marvel history because this is full of references to over 100 years of Marvel history in this issue, the Katati have invaded Earth and are focusing on Wakanda in order to gain access to their vibranium-enriched soil. Team Black Panther wants to try diplomacy, while back with the Scree, they're very eager to stab Carol again so she can wipe out the Katati base on the blue area of the moon. Much to the irritation of the Scree, Teddy chooses the diplomatic option, and at the end of the issue, we get a big reveal. Tanalf, the accuser, is none other than Teddy's grandmother, Empress for Kill in Disguise. Which is the first big deep cut of this issue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Her her first appearance was back in Fantastic Four 206. And she died in Galactus's attack on uh, the Skrull homeworld in Fantastic Four 257. Quote unquote died. Died. Yeah. Which, but it was interesting because in this issue, she actually said, oh, I'm a, I'm a survivor of Galactus. Well, I mean, obviously, yes. but, you know, there's so there's no... We haven't seen her since. Yeah. And I went back and read Fantastic Four 206. She is a hoot. I love her. She uh, <laughs> was forced to marry Doric VII after he murdered her father in order to become emperor. And she makes it really clear that she hates him the entire issue. She just she just heckles him the entire time, and it's great. <laughs> Every time he does something, she's in the background. You suck! You are bad at your job. There's one point where she's like, you know, it's so hard to watch you do this so badly. I'm just going to go on vacation. And then she's back like five minutes later. She's like, yeah, you're so bad at this. My ship can't leave. (laughs) So I'm just going to stick around and criticize you. And then like two issues later, she shoots him in the back and she's Empress. Nice. Yeah, and she, sounds she great. is. Uh, she's great, and she is very happy to have her bloodline continuing as rulers of all space. So the Scree Alliance is is also kind of based off of um, two scrolls more than anything. Yeah. Yep. Which is again is I think is a more interesting uh, kind of discovery. Yeah, and that because... the one the one he doesn't seem to mind it. 
Lowry or whatever the hell his name is. He's, he's cool with it, just so long as apparently Teddy's not in charge, because they really don't do a good job of respecting his authority. So Teddy is going to have to step up and start acting like an emperor, which he kind of did when he chose T'Challa's diplomatic option and sent the star sword to him. Rather than stabbing Carol. Rather than <laughs> let's stab Carol again and, you know, see what happens. Hope she lives. Yeah. Because, because I mean, I mean, Carol was basically going to be sent on a suicide mission otherwise. Yes. And I, I kind of agree with, with Teddy there that she, she shouldn't be on a suicide mission. She's far too powerful for that. Right. Which makes me think that the uh, the uh, clerk has some some agenda vendetta against Carol. Oh, he's he's always got oh, an agenda. Yeah, like, that's just his thing. <laughs> <laughs> the most memorable one for me is is the War of Kings issues, where Clerk is like uh, he gets back to Earth with uh, with Nova, and he basically turns on Nova. So <laughs> right, <laughs> and then and then he double crosses. You know, he's like a triple cross at that point because he then <laughs> double crosses. The, the the scrolls. Poor Tony, he's so sad. He is sad. He he realizes how bad he screwed up in trusting his plant buddies. And but I love his shirt. Th- did you notice the shirt? I did notice 1. the shirt. Twenty one gigawatts. I saw that movie the other day. By the way, sorry, sorry to go on a complete tangent, but I saw um, Back to the Future Part One in cinemas on Thursday, and it was was great. it your first time seeing yeah. it? It was my first time seeing it in cinema. It's like my all time favorite time travel series or movie series outside of marvel but so. back to the future is bullshit <laughs> according to scott lang anyway yeah yep but it's still great it is still great. <laughs> i love it poor scott lang back to wakanda ben grimm's in wakanda helping to hold off the katadi invasion and he we get around. A, yeah we get a translation of ibombay which you know, i mean it's pretty self-explanatory it's hold fast or hold firm in other words it's clobbering time that was a great panel that Funny was that really is, good yeah but speaking of black panther um just last year he bought some crazy plants on the blue area of the moon with the agents of wakanda does he not remember is this not fishy he was just there fighting plants so especially when it has been established i believe in this series uh i think and it was in the uh the, the plants versus zombies x-men story that the desolation of Genosha happened like six months prior to this event. So time isn't exactly very, you know, it's not a long time between anything in the last 10 years of Marvel. Stuff is eventful in the Marvel universe. Well, that and the fact that if, if Genosha only happened six months ago, then what about Secret War? How long ago did that happen? And like, does that mean... It's comics. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but... Again, the plants that were on the blue area of the moon were put there by the gardener, one of our elders of the universe. The best elder of the universe. (laughs) The weirdest one. So I'm wondering if the gardener or his child, Antea, has something to do with this because you see a glint in the eye of the swordsman twice. You see a glint in She-Hulk's eye. So there's something is afoot. And the, uh, when there's a glint, it usually hints to something bigger than just these characters. There's some cosmic entity out there guiding this. And if you want to read about the gardener and the agents of Wakanda, that would be agents of Wakanda one through five. Uh, Entea, the plant that takes over the moon, is the child of the gardener. And Euphoria, who was introduced in Silver Surfer number 12 on Dan Slott's run. And she is a 
almost like a, a living planet herself. She uses her abilities to make things, to control your feelings. So she actually was in Silver Surfer housing all these refugees from Galactus. And to protect herself from their depression, she kind of gave them plant therapy to keep them happy. And the gardener you know, meets her and he thinks that's just great and we should spread that all over the universe. Which, it, which isn't ominous at all. Which isn't ominous at all. <laughs> So is the gardener related to the the collector, et cetera, and their sister we met last time? He is part of that group of elders of the universe, and I believe he's the oldest. Interesting. Yeah, I think he is. He got like the gardener, the grandmaster, um, the profiteer, profiteer. Yeah, the profiteer. I can picture some of them, but I don't remember their names off the top of my head. In this issue, Mantis is back. Yes, mom's mom's home. He's not <laughs> and- happy. And she is, she is pissed. This is not yeah, the kind she, of behavior she expects from her sweet boy. No, and she, no. she thinks that the, um, the, the swordsman has been corrupting him. Yes, and she's not quite sure why he's acting this way either. So we, we, there are some hints that something has gone horribly wrong in her absence. Which is, which is interesting because I mean, if, if you, if you've watched, if your entire like knowledge of Mantis is based upon Guardians of the Galaxy, like mine used to be. The mantis of the Marvel universe, the comics universe, is very different. Yeah, which is it's kind of cool to see her come back and like you know we got we got to sort him out. Yeah. <laughs> what about this pyre going back to to the ship? Yeah, that is very nasty. That is astronuclear war that we are going to. They are suggesting that Teddy just destroy the entire solar system by detonating the sun, which the scrolls have already done to the Kral system that was overrun with Katati. And the crawl system had a bunch of planets where the scrolls were, all the artist scrolls were impersonating humans. Yeah, yeah they're trying to get a, a good idea of human life and that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's it's, it's brutal because they're basically yeah. they just basically make the, the sun go into burnout essentially, which is not yeah. well, not yep. fun. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean that's quite interesting because I mean, the, considering the Katati are meant to be some peaceful race, and now they've turned into like uh, effectively but effectively it's like forcible forcible disarmament in some way Mm -hmm. but well they 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 also want to just turn everybody into plants right (laughs) i mean they they don't want anything any any meat animals no more meat (laughs) it's just we're going vegan just plants yeah um what about the supreme intelligence so there are some people who are missing from this epic cosmic story. We're also missing the Shi'ar. And why is the Supreme Intelligence not involved at all if the Kree are there? But if we go back in time, because I dug through my old comics. So hard for me to can I? Yeah. <laughs> the last time we saw him, he actually saw the Supreme Intelligence. It was being regrown by Novar in Royals. Right. So he took the Plex and made the Plex Intelligence. Right. Which, coincidentally, Royals was written by... Al Ewing. Uh-oh. Then later, in Death of the Inhumans, we see Ronan again. And as he's having his last talk with Black Bolt, he tells him that the militant Kree have desecrated the Supreme Intelligence. Right before he asks Black Bolt to kill him, which happens off-panel, by the way. Yeah. So supposedly killed by Black Bolt. And I, but I mean, the last mention is in Infinity Countdown Darkhawk number three. 
where some Cree just kind of happened to mention the extreme intelligence. <laughs> who wrote Dark Home? Yeah, who did write Dark? That's the only Infinity Countdown tie-in that I actually own. Um, so yeah, I don't know who wrote that one. But that's so there may be still an extreme intelligence out there. Extreme. Well, didn't they but... mention something about it in Captain Marvel, uh, the the Last Avenger, the Dark Captain Marvel arc? I think because we had Vox there, and he had mentioned it too. I have to go back and read that now. Yeah, let's go. Because Vox was in that arc, and um, he was Vox Supreme. He so... was Vox Supreme. Right. Yeah, but it has something to do with the Supreme Intelligence too. I think I'm gonna have to go back and read that arc now reread it rather because i have a feeling that's not that's something we're gonna have to pay attention to later it appears that vox supreme is a combination of the supreme intelligence and a vox how many lockjaws are we giving this one i'm gonna give this one 4.5 out of 5 lynn i'll go with a 4.5 i will also give it a 4.5 which is good because now it's a it's it's a nice decimal (laughs) yes yeah, I, I think this is a really great issue. I think that it's it's definitely uh it's definitely doing it for me. It's very much a, a great event, so I'm very happy with it. Um and uh uh it makes you uh go back and review the deep cuts because there are a lot of them. Yes. Yeah, so many of them. But I think Yes, the, and the... hey, just continuing to flip through Captain Marvel here, we don't actually see Vox Supreme die. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So there is still some kind of supreme intelligence out there. Yeah, but I wonder if he's like detached himself from Vox and become or the, the extreme intelligence. Or maybe it was the extreme intelligence. No, that... extreme intelligence came first. Okay. Okay. So then yeah. maybe they merged the extreme intelligence with the Vox, and that's how you got Vox Supreme. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I guess we'll I have know. to wait till. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait till next week to to find out because I think they're releasing this issue, these issues weekly. So, yep. You know, by the time this episode goes out, it will be uh, Empire Four will have been released, which will be good. Yep. Um. Um. And uh, speaking of Captain Marvel, I guess we should finish off with this one because it can kind of come after or before. Yeah, I think I think it's more likely to come after due to the fact that well, how you'll, it you'll, ends. You'll mention the yeah it, with how it ends which you'll mention in a minute. Yep. So uh, let's just jump into this one. We've got Captain Marvel number 18. Writer is Kelly Thompson. Artist is Corey Smith with inker Adriano Di Benedetto. Colors by Captain Marvel mainstay uh, Tamara Bonvillain. Letterers were VCs Clayton Cowles with cover artists Jorge Molina and Dan Mara and with Tamara Bonvillain. Just to refresh, back in Empire number two, Captain Marvel is now uh, the Kree's accuser. I'm not really sure. This is an interesting thing that I don't really think ties into the rest of the plot. But uh, at the start of the issue, uh, we have Carol saving a Scree ship that is being attacked by the Katati. After uh, her report to Hulkling, uh, he asks her if they found anyone else in her search of the Katati fleet she destroyed. And she didn't find anyone. Um, There were no survivors. I think it's kind of interesting that Teddy is uh, looking for someone among the Katati, but who is he looking for? It cuts to uh, Carol is already feeling the burden of the accuser's hammer. There's a great scene with Sue here that is interrupted by Ben as uh, something dire has happened and she has to return to the throne room. Teddy uh, has to send Carol to accuse someone. In the now very destroyed city of Kinal, however you want to pronounce that, here we go with our apostrophes and dashes, we find 
one rogue Kree soldier facing down um, Hulkling's troops. A brief fight ensues, but the soldier immediately stands down after Carol announces herself. Surprise, the accusee is none other than Carol's half-sister, L'Oreal, who shares the same mother as Carol. That name. I know, because she's worth it. <laughs> Carol's relationship with the Cree is already complicated, but she just made it worse because instead of accusing her newfound sister, she flies off to find someplace safe for her to go, much to uh, Teddy's great surprise. I think Teddy uh, trusts a little too easily. Who's Teddy looking for among the Katati? Not sure. I think that L'Oreal is being framed because she seems like a pretty good person. So I think L'Oreal knows something about what's going on with the Kree and the Skrull that maybe the Avengers do not. I wonder if they're doing the opposite. I think I, I wonder if they're writing her to be this good because that she was the one that they went to accuse because she was the one that was meant to be taken from one place to another, wasn't she? And then and then basically. She was the one that was supposedly defending this city or, you know, destroyed the right. city or something like that. So right. I wonder if they're doing a bit of a double bluff and kind of actually she's not a good egg. She is actually something else. I don't know whether she might be Cree or whether, you know, as we've seen before, she might be a Skrull impersonating a Cree. Definitely a Cree because she was grown in a lab. But w- yeah. yeah, I mean, what what I mean is that, you know, that what if that history is fake? Oh. So, true. you know, I... I I wonder. Um, I'm leaning towards Good Egg, though. It yeah, seemed, I am. I have a feeling she knows something that she's not supposed to know about this alliance. Yeah, that's what I think. I I think she's a good. I think she's a good egg. Like I think she's she's good. And I think the way I don't I didn't like sometimes you could tell like if a character is being manipulative, like they, there are overtones and hints to it. And I don't feel this way. I feel like she truly is a good person. So uh, that, that's I, the impression I've gotten. I mean, she was kind of spoiled. This was supposed to be a big drop, and then she got leaked, and then so Marvel kind of announced her early. It's just a shame they didn't put some some free shampoo in with every issue. Right? So, <laughs> they should have lent right into it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, poor... I, 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 I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her to meet Jess and, and Hazmat. Because one of those two is going to make the joke. I know it. I know it was going to be one of those two. She does have fabulous hair. She does. Her hair is quite fabulous. And uh, she's seems like she's quite the badass. So I, I think we're going to like her. I have a feeling she might become the accuser after all this is said and done. But I guess we'll have to see. I kind of I kind of really hope that, as bad as it sounds, I know you said uh, we take him bets on her being the next accuser. I just kind of hope that Ronan comes back, to be perfectly honest with you. So. I miss him. I mean, they they did leave it open in Death of the Inhumans because you don't actually see it. Yeah, when you don't see it, it didn't it happen. It didn't happen. 30 years of comic reading, over 30 years, if they're the not thing dead on stuck. the panel, they're definitely not dead. The only thing that sticks is uh, is Uncle Ben's death. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice issue. Um, I think this is the first issue of Captain Marvel I've I've actually read of this run, which which is good. You know what really pissed me off was the fact that they are so difficult to get. So I'm really glad that I got this on subscription because it was just so hard to be able to come by. So I enjoyed it because I'm very excited that Carol seems to be leaning into the life of Captain Marvel history set forth by um, Margaret Stoll, or rather that Kelly is. Um, So she's kind of building on what Margaret Stoll set up, and I like it. 
And it makes sense that uh, Carol would have Cree relatives that she's been trying to avoid exploring. She says it in herself in the comic. She's like, no, I just, I'm just not going to bother with it because I'm too busy to bother with it. And she's like, now I'm being forced to look at it. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. So. Yeah. And if you haven't read Life of Captain Marvel, it's a really, really good, good, ish, uh, good series. Yeah, it, it recounts a lot of p- problematic things about Carol's origin um, that I quite enjoy so i recommend reading that as well um and i recommend kelly thompson's run if you haven't um read it yeah i think i think for me i'm probably gonna give it a, a four out of five um i'll go with a 4.5 that I'm, being a detract- I'm being a detractor again it's okay <laughs> i'm glad you read it adam <laughs> is there any uh things you guys are reading uh for me i finally finished uh, 4x the fantastic 4x men crossover that is really good guys i really wrote enjoyed that, that yep. Zdarsky, right chip Zdarsky, yeah yes oh, um, he's brilliant it, yes it is was very good yeah uh and if you if you are wondering at all about dawn of x uh the books the titles are coming out recently get this one and if you end up uh, agreeing with Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom, raise a hand because, <laughs> because that's exactly what happened to me. Um, <laughs> they made excellent points, and it was quite—you uh, you kind of question where the X Men are going when you agree with Victor Von Doom. It's, it's <laughs> very morally gray at this point. I mean, yeah, he he went about it in totally the wrong way, but um, I think I actually think that uh, that Doom and Reed Richards are more or less on the same page kind of with everything it's just they go about things slightly differently um yes but i highly recommend that book it's it's very good it's touches you know you've got marvel's first family in there what more could you want um and it's it's kind of the first interaction between a big team outside of the x-men and uh and the and the um and the x-men themselves now i do recommend reading incoming before reading that for reading 4x yes yeah because there's there's some stuff uh, that ties in which is good i think we briefly mentioned it in the last episode possibly Um, uh we we, in uh incoming they do point out how much sinister really wants to get franklin's dna which isn't creepy in itself (laughs) but that's at the top of his wish list and it's because he literally has reality creating powers like you know the whole the whole reason that he's now a you know a teenage boy is because they went and created a new multiverse, which is the coolest thing. Um, they reestablished the multiverse after Secret Wars with uh, with Molecule Man. Um, yep. Yeah. Which which again, a secret uh, Secret Wars is also a great book to read. Well, I just finished reading Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. How is that? It is excellent. It's a quick read. It's, it's only like. Just over two hundred pages. Is that the movie they made? That that's that's the book. The movie is based on, right? Yes, yes. Natalie Portman was in it. Yes, I've seen the movie too. The movie does a good job of capturing the feel of the book, even though a lot is different. So, like the monsters are different in the movie. Like the there's a bear monster that everyone was talking about at the time, and it's not in the novel, which is probably good because. The monster in the movie is more like the El Zabo from Gene Wolfe's Book of the New Sun, but that's a whole nother conversation. But it is great. I'm going to start working my way through the next two novels. Excellent. Yeah, I have to admit, I keep seeing that in uh, in, in Waterstones in the UK. 
Um, and I keep thinking, do I want to pick it up? It is um, really good. It is super creepy. Oh, no, I don't do creepy. Yeah, you you would not like this if you don't no. like creepy. No, I can't do creepy. I think nope. I might have to pick that one up. I was like, I'm all for creepy. No, not me. I'm a win. <laughs> yeah, I'd well, have to I mean, read I... like the last, I, I'd have to read that book backwards then because I'd have to read like how it ends <laughs> and then like, yeah. Read the last chapter <laughs> before the first. I always do that with every book I have. No. I absolutely do because otherwise I can't read the book. I won't read it if I don't know how it ends. Fair enough. Knowing how it ends makes it better for me because if I don't know, like if 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 I don't read it, I get I get too anxious about it, and then I just put it down and walk away and never finish. (laughs) Yeah, this actually uh, kind of had a almost had a John Carpenter's The Thing feel to me, where creepy stuff is happening and you don't know who you can trust. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I'll have to look into that. (laughs) But um. Other than that, any any watch recommendations? Obviously, we've been doing the Agents of Shield reviews every week, but uh, any other watch recommendations from you guys? I haven't been watching anything but Agents of Shield. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the same for me. <laughs> um, although I guess we re- I really need to jump into Future Avengers because the Inhumans are in it, so I really should just jump in and start watching that. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus, isn't it? So it, it is. is. Yeah, I might scrap that. Yeah, same. But, uh, yeah, well, any, anything from you, Lynn? Been watching any TV? Not really. Uh, we need to get caught up on a bunch of shows. Although we did start watching the new season of Umbrella Academy. Ooh, is it good? It is good. It takes some significant deviations from the comic, but it's still yeah. good. I'll say I think they started to do that in. I mean, obviously they did it in the first uh, the first series. Yeah, so um, you won't be spoiled if you've read the comics because it's completely different. That's good. Yeah, I have to admit, I, I I did pick up the Umbrella Academy books after the first season. Oh, um, I love them, and they are really good. They, they they've kind of got that sort of that X Men kind of vibe, but it's also much weirder. So it's yeah, they're great books. But... I think Klaus is my favorite. I love Klaus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is the best. Both on the show and in the comics, Klaus is uh, always yeah. my favorite. Yeah, although Pogo, uh, Pogo was great. Yeah, I like Pogo, but. Anyway, so if you guys have any recommendations for us, you know, reading recommendations or uh, or comments on the the books we review, um, or just general comments about the show, please do get in touch. We are on Twitter, which our handle is at Rising one and uh, our email is the show at com. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>